I'll tell you what, it's so good to be a part of a body where there's people taking their place. <laughs> I just want to thank Larry, uh, you know, in so many ways. He, 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 he was kind of being facetious about owning the building, <laughs> but he does. <laughs> so, and he takes care of it. And just the initiative, I, I just, you know, we, we're, we're, we're blessed by, and, and there's a necessity and a need. Um, you know, we talk about finances, the contribution that we make financially, but but there's an initiation and a, and a not waiting to be told on, on things that is very powerful that we're experiencing in, in this body where people are, are saying, I'm not waiting for a, a, somebody to tell me what to do. I'm going to go ahead and get going on something here. And uh, that's exciting because each one of us have a, a ministry that God's put in us that's unique, that requires that. That, that we don't have to wait. You know, uh, I didn't... Uh, you know, sometimes with, with guitar, I think, you know what? I, I don't understand kids having to be told to practice. That was never an issue for me because that was a gift that was inside of me that said, I, 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 need, to, I need to do this. Uh, so when there's a gift there, you don't wait for it. You just go ahead and, and make a way for it. Yeah. And, and, and God will, well, your gift will make a way for you. Yeah. You'll, you'll go forward with yeah. it. Amen. So thank you for everybody being here today. It's kind of hard to move forward with the, with the direction God has for us if we don't come together. But when we do, we can really have confidence. Let's have confidence right now that the Holy Spirit's here. He's ministering to our hearts. Amen. So uh, we are getting ready to go. We're going in. Anybody into a new year? Or <laughs> if not, something's wrong, right? Because <laughs> we're, we're, we don't have a choice. We go into this, this next year. And, and you know, uh, so many times we make plans and we, we make decisions on how we're going to go forward into this year. And sometimes, um, uh, you know, if you fail to plan, you, uh, you plan to fail, right? You're, you're just not going to go anywhere. Um, so I want to, I want to, Look at, at building at, and I'm just calling this the build. Has anybody built something? Um, I have found that Christmas time is the time of building. It's time of building all the the toys that that, that come in boxes. That, and I found that um, there's plans that come with those toys. <clears throat> That if I want that thing to be built correctly, I've learned that I can't trust in just moving ahead according to what I th seems right to me. I have to comply with what the instructions are. How many have done this? You've gotten to the end, and there's still a part laying there that you look back and you see that without that part, it's just not going to work the way it should. Yeah. So all that work you put into was in vain, right? It, it was, it was wa uh, just a waste of time. Now, that's a little toy. Has anybody experienced that in something else? I'm sure uh, Stan could probably... Uh, I, I've seen this happen in construction before where uh, you, you do a whole job and then you, something wasn't right and you have to go back and demo the whole thing. And has, has that been you or have you been perfect your whole life? I don't know. I, I've done that kind of a thing, you know. It's like, <laughs> and, and it's like, wow, I spent all that work and it was for nothing. Um, and I'm going to have to go back and, and, and think a little bit more or, or do something that, that, that I didn't prepare for before. Uh, uh, because when it comes to building something, in fact, the bigger it's going to be and the more right it's going to be, the more planning there's going to take 
for it to be what it needs to be. And it's not just individual things that come together to, to contribute to it. It says they conform to this, this bigger plan that's, that's, that's been put together for this. And so I thought about this. And, and again, these notes are in the church app if you want to download them now or, or look at them now. Or you can do it later. I just uh, They're available. And I always write this little thing, so I'm going to refer to that. Um, the, you know, my dad, my dad's really an amazing guy. Um, <laughs> I, sometimes I think, God, your plan for him, why didn't you include some of that stuff in me, you know? Do you ever think about stuff like that? It's like, I, I would have liked to have had a little bit more of that. And, and God's saying, yeah, but I put some stuff in you too. So just be quiet and go with what you got, right? But, but he really is, he's, he's an amazing guy that grew up on this ranch, you know, and he's a cowboy and, and, um, and he went to the army and learned how to draft. He, he was only in for two years. It's when they drafted you and, you and you were only required for two years. This was right after the Korean War. He learned how to draft. And that's where you make, you draw out plans. But it's interesting. It's, drafting isn't just, uh, uh, drafting is just reproducing somebody else's concept, right? Somebody else's vision. But putting it down to where it can be applied in a construction. But my dad is creative. And so um, he took the skills that he got from that. And uh, in the town where I was born, he, he built a church. And it was kind of interesting because it was built, there was a, a plot of land that was on a hillside. That, the, the, it was greatly uh, discounted because it was on this hill. And it's like, ah, what are we going to do with this? But my dad is very creative. And so what he did is he built the church into the hillside with a walkout basement that all five of his kids grew up in. And so... Uh, but he did most of the work, and, and he designed it, and he planned it, and he, and he actually did a lot of it himself. He tells a story about when I was three years old. He's up on the roof, installing the roof, and he hears my voice up there with him. <laughs> I had crawled up the ladder, and I was already on the roof before he had a chance to rescue me. And, and now... My sons are roofers, so, <laughs> so I guess that was prophetic or something. I, that's probably what I was doing. I was prophesying on the, as a little child. But, um, but I was thinking about it because he didn't just build that church. He went to, we, we moved to eastern Colorado when I was seven. Uh, it, he didn't have a job. He didn't have anything. And, but he had just like three families that he went out there. To serve, God directed him to go out there and start this church. So many ministries have come out of that little tiny town in eastern Colorado because my dad was faithful to go out there. Well, there's a little corner, 6th and Lowell in Burlington, Colorado. An old house was sitting on that corner. And dad bought that for the church, tore the thing down, salvaged as much of it. He had a little bit of Larry in him. And he salvaged as much as possible. They were using all these recycled materials and everything, put in a basement. But you know what? That church did not get completed by just a whole bunch of random work. Wow, that's good. Yeah. That church was completed because my dad designed it. And then he put everything into place. And he required certain specialties, certain, certain um, <laughs> craftsmen. To come in and do the things that they do well. Electricians, plumbers, you know, certain certain disciplines that you can't just look on YouTube. Well, you can't. But 
Here, here's the problem with tackling anything in, uh, yourself is, is, is you got a learning curve going on. And, and if you plan on getting something done, you're going to have to get some help on it. You're going to have to have somebody else come in, join with you for those plans to be completed. And that church did not get constructed in a week. It took time. It took time. So he built that church on 6th and Lowell. <coughs> and then when I moved away and went to college, they bought land right on the main highway going through town. And he built this lot bigger, lot more developed church uh, right there. And, and um, you know, a neat design, put an apartment inside of it, did all these other kinds of things. He did all this kind of stuff. Um, but it, it was according to a plan that he put in place that required help to get it completed. And that lot was just sitting there empty when he drove up to it. And it required a passage of time for it to be completed. So I'm thinking about this next year. And I'm thinking about each one of us as part of this body. Um, so many times we can disconnect our personal lives from what God is wanting to do. God's, God's actually a builder. And we can say, yeah, God's the builder, but... What does that mean? So I want to just get into this today. Can we do this? Because I believe that God wants to take us to a place as a body. And I, man, you know, we're going to be talking about this in a couple of weeks. What does God want for us? Does he want to just have us kind of keep moving along a little bit randomly? Or does he want us, does he want to actually be building something? God's a builder. And if so, he's going to have a plan. And he's going to need people to come in, like Larry said, and they're going to contribute their part. But it's going to be necessary for the individual part to fulfill its personal plan for it to get hooked up with his bigger plan. Can you see that? So let's look at this together. Can we do this? So, um, so the build, and I'm just calling this... Uh, <laughs> What God's getting ready to do in my life. And, boy, we'll look at this because sometimes we, we, we want to just add God to what we're doing. Say, God, come along. Uh, be, be one of the disciplines in what I'm building. Mm -hmm. yeah. And God says, you know what? You're never going to fulfill your own personal plan until it becomes a part of my plan. Okay, so it begins with a vision. So whenever there's a build, it always has to have a vision, doesn't it? It always is conceived in the heart of the, of the contractor, of the, of the architect. We actually got to live in a house up in, in, um, in Ohio that was built by Frank Lloyd Wright. And uh, I, I admit I'm uneducated in that regard, and so I, did, I wasn't real familiar with what it was. But it's like living inside of an instrument. It was all the ceilings and the walls were Philippine mahogany. And, and it was built kind of like a guitar with a, with a big uh, great room, you know, where everybody could meet. 
That was his whole thing is, is you make a meeting place where every come. So everything about his design of this thing was to make it to where it's, it's, it's not that impressive from the road. But once you get inside, it's like an instrument. It has a little tiny hallway that you can't. Two people can barely pass going down this hallway. And she couldn't take a, a laundry basket down the hallway, you know. And, and then there's there's bedrooms off of that, but it's it's kind of small. And then and then the master bedroom, it was all glass walls to the back. <laughs> Luckily, there was like a, a thick garden in the back, but it was it was it was it was a masterpiece. It wasn't just throwing up a cookie cutter house. There wasn't another house like it. There's similar houses, but this one was unique. And we got to live in that thing. We got to experience history. This guy has built some of the most amazing things in the world. We got to live in that. But where did that thing start? He's got falling water. Anybody heard of, I think it's falling water in Pennsylvania. It's a house that's built around a river. <laughs> the river actually goes right through the house. Um, and you think, so this guy drives up to this, to this pristine, you know, setting. And what happens at that point? He doesn't see a pristine setting. He sees an opportunity to build. But it doesn't just stay there in his mind. He, he, he actually puts it into place. He, 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 he creates a plan for this thing. But it begins with a vision. It begins with a vision based upon experience. It begins with a vision based upon history. <laughs> you can see what he's done before. You can see what he's, he's, he, he understands all the process of what it's going to take for that to, to be completed. Because you don't just have a vision, but it starts with a vision, right? So a build to, for there to be a build, it begins with a vision. It requires a plan. The quality is dependent upon materials. <laughs> this is something I found out in Texas. I won't say our builder, but I'll just say our builder <laughs> did not use all the greatest materials. When it, when it gets down below freezing, I can feel a draft right in our living room. As opposed to the house where my dad built up in Colorado where it gets 20 below, you don't feel anything because the materials are different. You put some, it's not just the vision, you have to get the right materials, right? You have to, you have to collect the things that are going to be, that are going to make up that construction. You're going to have to say, what's going to be the best thing for this particular location, for this fireplace? What am I going to need for that? I can't use plastic in the fireplace. I can't use... <laughs> We had candles setting on the on our uh, no, it was in front uh, the hearth, the hearth. Uh, <laughs> when we lit our first fire this uh, before Christmas, and the candles didn't make it. Um, there's certain things that are, will just not function in a particular application, so there has to be understanding of this, right? So. It's dependent upon the materials. The greater the structure, the more involved and extended the process. So if you're, if you're wanting to do something, it might take a few years. Larry told me that this, that this uh, you know, this is a, a construction. This is a build going on. <laughs> this turnpike coming our way. 
He said it's going to take five years. I'm thinking, sheesh, this is like driving 35 going up to Dallas, right? That thing's still under construction, isn't it? Ever since we've been here, that thing's been under construction. Why? Because something, the, the bigger it is, the, more it's, the longer it's going to take. So, so you can't decide whether it's a significant build based upon whether it's completed right now. <laughs> In fact, the bigger thing, the, the bigger it's going to be, the more you're going to have, have to have patience. That something's taking place. I mean, there's a lot that's taken place. But since last week, I don't see much. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to look at it a little bit differently, right? Okay. Each phase requires time and is not the completed work itself. It is possible to do everything yourself, but the time to completion and probability of giving up are greatly increased. Man, this happens in ministry a lot. And each one of us are ministers. What do you, why do you give up on something? Because you're trying to carry it yourself. You're trying to do something yourself that maybe you need somebody else to come along, come beside you to, to, to be a strength where you have a weakness, right? Okay. So God is a master builder. He doesn't just say, let there be light, and all of a sudden there's, well, he does that. <laughs> but he also builds. And if he's a builder, if he's wanting to do something in Liberty Hill, if he's wanting to do something in this body, if he's wanting to do something in my life, it's going to be something where there is a plan and there's materials that he brings together, right? And then I'm going to have to be faithful to it. I can't give up on it. What if these guys gave up halfway through? Say, oh, we're not done yet. I guess it isn't going to happen. Aren't you glad that doesn't happen? I'm glad that they're, they are going to complete this thing. It's going to be nice. We'll be able to drive on it, you know, and, and pay a bunch of money, and, you know. But it's going to be completed if they don't stop. They keep to a plan. They say, this is the next thing we're going to do. I know Larry was saying sometimes things get out of order or somebody's not doing their thing in time. Or, uh, and so sometimes when a plan isn't being completed according to what you might think the schedule is, you don't know why. There might be something else that hasn't stepped in to complete what it should be. Can you imagine what God is going through all the time <laughs> having to deal with us? <laughs> and he says... I make things great. Well, let me get to why we are significant for this, right? So let's go to Hebrews 11, 9. <clears throat> so a couple weeks ago, we were talking about waypoints versus destination, right? And it's kind of similar to what we're talking about today because so many times we get stuck in a waypoint. We, we think this is, the, this is all there is for me. And God's saying, no, I this is just on the way to something else I have for you. And this is the way it is with, with, with what he wants to build. Never get stuck in the, <laughs> in the front room bathroom and say, this is all there is, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, there's a kitchen. <laughs> there's, a, there, there's a great room. There, there, what he has designed is massive. You know, down where Haley and Luke lived, there was a, uh, 
there was a golf course like right next to where they are. They, they have a beautiful little neighborhood with these. <laughs> so the people that built these years ago are getting into retirement age, and that's kind of how they got their house. Um, somebody retired, and so they, they, they got their house there. But, but where the golf course is out there, there's this guy. This guy built this massive house that... How many years has it been in construction? At least a couple of years. It's 10,000 square feet, right? 12,000 square feet. And there's only two bedrooms. There's a lot of other stuff going on in that house. There's a design that would not have been mine in that house, right? <laughs> That's kind of key too. Because sometimes we want to say, well, uh, if there's going to be a building, it needs to be according to what I have. And maybe there's somebody else that's wanting to accomplish something different than what we have in our own brains. Right? So Hebrews 11:9 says, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So he's, this is talking about somebody who said, I'm not letting this waypoint be where I'm going. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm moving towards what the great builder has built for me. What did Jesus say? He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to that place. Well, what kind of place is that? He's a great builder. It's an eternal place that he has. He's taken us to. But we don't have to wait to get to there to experience his construction abilities, his architectural genius. But we do. And what would keep us from experiencing his building? He's a builder. His foundation is strong. Amen? Yeah. And we can have confidence in that. We can participate in it. But let's see what has to take place in us, okay? So Psalm 127. Uh, man, this is the one that really talks about this. It says, unless the Lord builds the house. Well, you know what? This is a house, but it's also a life, isn't it? You know, my wife has something that I think is going to be part of our vision going forward, and it's, it's having a heart for the house, for the house of God. Until you actually get a personal investment in it, until you, it becomes part of who you are, it doesn't really matter. But this says this. This is what it says. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builder's work is useless. <laughs> Unless God is involved in what's taking place in this next year for us. And I know, you know, uh, let's not discount what he's already done. Let's not discount any of it. No, we're on a progress. But let's become intentionally dependent upon him as not just somebody that's in our life you know, putting band-aids on our owies. But he's actually our builder. Okay? Unless we do that, we're going to have to demo everything we've already done because it's a waste. 
unless the Lord protects a city, centuries do no good. Our nation is in decline in its security, not because we don't have weapons, but because God has been removed as our defender. It is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing you will starve to death, for God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. God has a plan. When God is building, he doesn't do it on the backs of slaves that are being depleted of all their energy and all their enjoyment of life. When God builds something, it's going to be with rested servants. Amen? All right, let's keep going. Uh, You have to have a double dash in between those. (laughs) Okay. Sorry about this. Um, There we go. Jeremiah 29. We're familiar with this, right? God has plans. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. You will find me when you seek me, if you look for me in earnest. So, this is where our, I want to be challenged in this. Uh, going into, for, for our church body, for, but for me personally. Because, again, the challenge is to, to take off on our own plan. To, to show up for work. and so, even, even working for God. For, let it, for it to become something about me. What about me? What, what, what's my gift about? Uh, am I being used? Am I, it, and, God, and, and God says, you know what? Why don't you get hooked up with what I'm doing? Become a part of my plan. And everything inside of you that needs to be fulfilled will be fulfilled as you do your part. It's kind of like Larry was saying, playing the bass. All of worship isn't about the bass. The bass is a part of worship. (laughs) Worship doesn't serve me. I serve worship. Amen? All right. Let's go to 1 Peter 2, 5. And we are the materials. Why does it make a difference what God is doing? Did you know that God is a great builder? He has a great plan. He says, I know the plans I have for you. They're good plans. They're to prosper you. They're to take you to a good place. And you know what materials I use for your plan? You. You're my materials. Sometimes we think, God, if you would just pour a whole bunch of money into my account, then I could serve you so well. And God's saying, you know what? What I build is not just earthly things. What I build produces earthly things. Out of what I build will come a a source of of wealth and riches That you are not serving the riches, the riches are serving you because you're part of what I am building. 1 Peter 2, 5. And now you have become living building stones for God's use in building his house. He said, don't don't bother me with all this. I'm already the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Well, you are. You're a part. You're a part of his building. He's building a temple for his glory out of us. Okay. What's more, you are his holy priest. So come to him, you who are acceptable to him because of Christ, Jesus Christ, and offer to God those things that please him. As the scripture express it, see, I am sending Christ to be the carefully chosen, precious cornerstone of my church, and I will never disappoint those who trust in him. So what is he asking us to do? And this, this is the challenge for us, because sometimes this can sound like, wow, this is kind of far out, you know? <laughs> but it becomes very real and very, we, we, we can apply it to our lives, but it requires, what, what does God do when we come to him in the first place? What do we do when we get saved? We say, Jesus, be my Lord. What is that? That's not just your buddy that's going to go along with you wherever you want to go. He's not saying, we, we don't just invite him to be our supplement, our, our, uh, our, our counselor that we can check in with once in a while when we kind of feel messed up a little bit. No, we, 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 we ask him to be our Lord. And what does that mean? It's no longer my way, it's your way. It's no longer a hide that lives, but it's you that lives. And if that's true, then his plans are going to have to become real in my life in a way that I let go of some of mine. <laughs> Amen? So when I get connected to Jesus, it says that even Jesus is part of this building. We would say, well, no, Jesus is just overseeing it well he he's the builder but he's he's such a cool builder that he becomes part of the structure itself <laughs> he's the cornerstone yeah, and when we get connected to him we're connected to him as part of his structure and for that to be fulfilling for us, you know, I think a lot of times we, we get born again, we can become a part of his body and we get so frustrated because we're not really <laughs> a part of his construction, of his building project, because we're trying to get him involved with our building project. And said, man, Yours will be so much better if it becomes a part of mine. You know, it's, it's kind of like the orchestra, kind of like the Larry example, but the, the orchestra, you know, there's the person that plays the triangle, you know, and, and, and they, they can practice that thing all day. Dingy, 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 you know? <laughs> and they can drive their parents crazy with that thing, you know. But that thing is so important. It has its significance yes. when it falls right in between everything else in the middle of a piece. And it goes, ting. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Where does it get its significance when it's a part of the whole? Yeah. Right? right? So he said, I'm building something. And you're not just going to be using it. You're, you're not going to just be dictating it. You're actually going to be it. 
We are his building. This is exciting, actually. That when we're growing in him, when we're responding to the truth that we get in him, we become alive in him. Not just for us, we become alive for what he's wanting to accomplish. He has a building going on that we get to be a part of. We are the building. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. (laughs) How many want to have God as, as your builder? For him to be my builder, I have to be his building. Does that make sense? (laughs) That means when it comes decision time, what are we going to do today when we show up at work? Well, I just want to pound nails into a board in the driveway. I feel really inspired for that. But is that part of the building plan for today? No. If I want to be a part of his building, I'm going to have to submit to what he has on the schedule for today. (laughs) Does that make sense? I'm going to have to say, it's not about what I feel like doing today. I feel like there needs to be a beam going down the middle of this. I feel like there needs to be, we we need to have this kind of approach to our community. I feel like we need to do, have this kind of a structure in our services. I feel like we need to, and if that doesn't apply, then I'm giving up on it. What does God want to do? And it might be different for me than it is, it, 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 you know, it depends on what the, 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 the terrain looks like. God has a different vision for every place, just like Frank Lloyd Wright did. For every plot of land, there's a unique vision for his building. And he's going to need the right materials for it to be completed according to his plan. And the, and the quality of the completion is going to be dependent upon the quality of the materials, which are us. If there's something not being accomplished according to the building plan of God in this community, we might need to look at ourselves. <laughs> that maybe he needs yeah. some living stones that are a little bit more responsive to what his plan is. That take the time to find out what his plan is yeah. in the spirit. Amen. Yes. Amen. All right, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. So what we do is we take who we are, we take the the opportunity we get to minister, and we build upon what we've been given. It's not enough for us to just say this is about me. No, I become a builder with God. I join with him in building. Amen? According to the grace of God which has given me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation, another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so what I'd like to do going forward is saying, what are we given as a plan? And we can, you can get kind of deep into this, but let, let's just say, how, how is this going to look? And I'm not going to get completely into this. I want us just to embrace that there is a builder for my life today. Yes. And I need to be able to be open to what he has to say. 
Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So God is not just mamby-pamby about it. You know what? He's going to let some of us into heaven because of the blood of Jesus. But he looks at what we're doing right now based upon whether it's according to his plan or our plan for our life. And he says, when we decide to do our own thing, to not comply with what he's saying, he said, that's going to be just like building something that will, the first spark comes along, it's going to be burnt up. He says, it makes a difference what we're choosing to do. Amen? He will suffer loss. Let's see. If anyone's work which he has built on built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as, as through fire. All right. So we're to p- participate in what God's wanting to do going forward. There's a great reward in this. Amen. How do we become convinced of this? I'll tell you what, the closer we get, the more time we spend in the presence of God, actually seeking his face. Amen? That's why I want to take time and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. I don't want to just be saying, Holy Spirit, look at what I'm looking at. Help me with this. I want to say, show me how to look at things. Because when God does stuff, a lot of times it's opposite the way we would do it. Have you ever found that out with, with somebody that, that is skilled at what they're doing? You have them come in to do it and you say, huh, I would have never thought of that. <laughs> this always happened with my dad. I would fool around with something forever and I'd finally say, dad, come help me. And he'd come and he would do exactly what it needed to be done and it was fixed right away. You know, that's kind of a common thing, right, with parents? So it's like, oh, brother. He's going to get it done in two seconds and I'm going to feel. Why? Because it's not always the obvious thing to us. But God has a way of doing something. You know what? That's why he says there is that hangs on to stuff that has nothing. Whereas there is that is is giving, gives, and has an abundance. He always does stuff the opposite. It's better to give than to receive. Well, is that how we're naturally built? No, I like to get stuff. Do you like to get stuff? I like to get stuff. Oh, the publisher's clearinghouse. I won. Woohoo! I'll do a dance for that. Oh, I get to give $5 million? How many dances do you see people taking because they get to give that much? And yet, when it came time to build the temple that Solomon was going to build, they did a dance when they got to give. God's way is going to be a little bit different than ours. Amen? And it's going to require taking time in our life. If we're going to, if we're going to have the, the, him as our builder, we're going to have to listen to his voice. Be ready to respond to what we see in his word. He's already given us stuff to do. He's already given us building for our life. You know, I was thinking about that song that we sing. I build my life. Yeah. How's it go? 
No, no, the other one. That you, the, building my life upon your love. You know what? That sounds, oh, that sounds so fluffy and so unsubstantial. No, we've already been given something to actually begin doing. The builder has said, you begin to walk in love. You become a living stone that represents me. Now I can build something. Now I can do something. He's got some great design that he wants to take us to that until we're walking in love, we're never going to get to. Amen? Okay, so let's go to Hebrews 3.6. To be in him is to have him in charge of our building. <laughs> How many are in Christ today? Amen. All right, you just said that he is your builder. Yes. Right? Because yes. you can't be in him without him being your builder. That means he has a plan. He has an execution of that plan. And I'll tell you what, this, this is liberty for us. We can let go of whether or not we've done something right in the past. <laughs> this is the power of the blood of Jesus. It takes us into a place where, where what we have before us as a part of his plan is so much greater than the failures of our own plans in the past. <laughs> That's too good. All right. Hebrews 3, 6, but Christ, God's faithful son, is in complete charge of God's house. And we Christians are God's house. He lives in us. If we keep up our courage firm to the end and our joy and our trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. So I wanted to just end with this because we're, you know, I, I was experiencing this as we were worshiping today. When we, when we say, here's my life, let it be a living sacrifice. What does that mean? That means I'm going to have to say, your plan, I get to become. My, who I am is, is a living stone of your plan. And this should not be, and I was experiencing this as we were singing this today. This should not be. Here's my life. Let it be a, a living sacrifice. If we are really in Christ, this is where we get our joy. This is where we get our strength. When we're feeling like the world is crashing in upon us, we can say, well, it's not about me because I'm a part of a greater building that has nothing to do with just me. You can look at me and you can, you can reject me. You can, you can say I'm not good enough. And I don't care because I'm fixated on something else. I am significant in the building that God is producing. Because I'm yielding to his plan for my life every time I'm obedient to what he's doing. It shirks any of the power of darkness to clothe me with shame. To clothe me with discouragement. And it infuses in me a joy of the Lord that's my strength. Yes. Can you see that in this passage? Yes. And our joy and our trust in the Lord. How do, we, how do we experience this? 
Here's my life. Let it be a living sacrifice. Here I am. What is that phrase? <laughs> Jesus, let your will be done in me. Now, we can go forward with this and we can begin to look at what God's will is, what his foundation is, what those things are. But first of all, we got to get to the place where he's our builder. Amen? And I encourage us, let's just take a few moments. And, and, and as we did at the beginning of, of just acknowledging the Holy Spirit in this place, every time we get, and it, and it doesn't matter. You know, I was talking with Pastor Ken this morning. So much of Paul's writings have to do with forgetting the past, going forward to take hold of what God has already provided for him in Christ. This is Paul talking, right? There's an there's a opportunity for us today. Please don't make, let this be something that we say, yeah, I've already done this. I got it in my hip pocket. No. Let's, let, let's say... <laughs> Wow, there's an opportunity here for, for me to embrace this even more. Yes. Make it real. You know what? Uh, uh, it's like Mark says, every breakthrough in faith has to comes with a breakthrough in revelation. Yes. There's an opportunity for revelation here of what we already have. Yes. You know, I, I've just been so impressed with this. We already have the witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside that's guiding us. He's saying, this is my plan. This is my plan. You know, there's that, that, that scripture that says, and there will be a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk you in it. Right? It's, it's what we already have. But man, be encouraged. There's more for us to go in this. If you're going through something in your life right now, it, and, and be open to it, to, to God saying, you know what? I would like to become, I would like for whatever is in your heart, to become a part of a bigger plan. <laughs> For it not to just be your own possession. Even the obligations that you have for your family and for, you know, these things that are so real in our life. Our occupations, the, the passions, the desires we have, we, different phases of our life. And God's saying, please, let this not just be you. I want to take you to a place. Can you imagine Abraham? At the age that he was, God comes along and says, I have a plan. He says, I have a plan that requires you killing your son. Does that make sense? But this is part of becoming a, 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 a living stone in the plan of God. There's going to have to be a willingness to let other things in our life that are plans, that are real, Go under the knife. <laughs> Maybe they won't have to actually, but they need to be. There needs to be a saying, God, in order for me to be fulfilled in who you've made me to be, it has to be part of your plan. And I'm willing to let go of everything else. The temptation always is that I'm losing something. And Jesus said, until you lose your life, you can't find it. It has to be lost <laughs> before it can be found. There's something that we can do in this moment, in this time right now. I believe God's speaking to each one of our hearts. 
you know, he's not, he's not saying to go kill your kids or anything like that right now. But there needs to be an adjustment inside of us that God, I am willing to go. You know, when I was, when I was growing up, we always had missionaries that said, you know, will you, will you go? And we sang a song, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, or mountain or plain or sea. I'll do what you want me to do, oh Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. And we would sing those things and we would, we would commit our lives to that. You know what? And it's easy to do as you're a kid, but sometimes when you get older, you say, but God, I already have my plans. I already have what I, what I want. And, and he might, might not be leading us across the world, but he has something for us right now, especially for, for us as a body that he's wanting to take us to, that we need to get cleared of some things. And I want this to take place as we go into this time of fasting. We're going to start next week in fasting. Let's let this be a part of what we're going toward. God, God, what is your plan? I want you to build something here at New Life Church. I want you to build something that's going to be a light to this community. Amen? And it's, it's not going to be upon our own efforts alone. It's going to be when they align with his. Amen? And let's find joy in this. Let's find release in this. Let's find uh, restoration in it. Can we do that? Yeah, Hallelujah. Let's just.